Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So uh, are we all all right? I feel, I, I, I can feel tension and I can't even see you. Are we going to do Zoom? Should we do Zoom? Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utterly bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger, and the dashing, kind, charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. Hello, ladies. Everyone okay? We're great. We're fine. I've had a tea. I've cleaned up three poos. <laughs> Not the dogs. No, kidding. <laughs> I've read a book. Since you woke up this morning? Yeah. Well, I haven't read a whole book, but I've read several pages of a book. I imagine Maureen always her face in a book, walking around your house, face in a book, doing things, face in a book. Well, that's why she's covered in bruises, because she's constantly banging into things, because her head's in a book. <laughs> you know that when you're reading a book on the tube, and then you carry on reading it up the escalator and down the street, because you're at a really exciting bit? Oh, is that like when you're reading a book on the tube, and you've promised to meet a friend who's doing a really important show? Maybe say live at the Apollo, Maureen. <laughs> And you say you're going to be there at four, but you're reading a book. She's just really into the book. And you don't get there till six. In my defence, that book was really difficult to understand. So I tried to understand it and I kept missing my stops. So I'd have to come back again. Right. Interesting. Jen wasn't very happy. I said to Maureen, I'm doing Live at the Apollo. I was allowed one person backstage. I said, Maureen, it's going to be you. You can be my backstage person to give me support. I'm very nervous. Maureen said, I'll be there, as a good friend would. Anyway. (laughs) I'm texting going, where are you? Oh, sorry, I just missed my tube stop. Where are you? Oh, sorry, I've just got on the wrong bus. Where are you? I don't know. I keep looking. Put the book down. This is why taxis, Maureen, you can read the whole time you're in the taxi. But look, it was a book about Karl Kraus. It is really, really complicated. His writing is very complicated. I did turn up a couple of hours late, I do admit. Couple of hours? Maureen! <laughs> Listen, uh, I've let it go now, so it's fine. It's a bit like Hamilton. I, I barely talk about it anymore. <laughs> a couple of hours! <laughs> Alison, I'm, I wouldn't have minded if you'd enjoyed the book, but she got there and she went, I mean, this book is really getting on my nerves. <laughs> it was getting on my nerves. So I meant to be at Hammersmith and I ended up at Fulham at one point. I ended up all around London because I just kept getting the wrong train because I was try- looking at the book. Well, that makes me feel a lot better, Maureen. Thanks for thanks for the chat. 
I'm not going to brag here, but when I did my first TV taping in Canada uh, many moon ago, my best friend flew from Calgary to Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> Made it on time. Alison, we don't need your input. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say, I did some little research and I discovered the last time that me and Jen actually were in the same place together was when she visited me in hospital. Wasn't that, is that right, Jen? That's right. And then yeah. something happened to you after you left me. Yeah. Good times. Would you want to share? Well, as I was leaving, one of the nurses stopped me and she just said, oh, it's so lovely of you to visit your mum in hospital. <laughs> she said, I just think it's so lovely to see a son making an effort to visit his mum in hospital. <laughs> Jen, you are one of the best sons out there. We've all said that. I mean, you would think I would have gone, actually, I'm 45 and... Um, She's not my mum and I'm a woman. But I didn't. I went, yeah, yeah, I am a very good son. Because I didn't want to disabuse her of this idea of Maureen having this wonderful son. And in a way, I think I was right to do that. I did text Maureen to tell her. Yeah, and I said, how old does she think I am? That's all you care about. <laughs> I've been misgendered again, but Maureen's like, I mean... No, I mean, I know a lot about my age, but there's no way I could be a mother of a 45-year-old, is there? No, and also not a 45-year-old boy. Well, as I said to you in the text, Maureen, I don't think any of us came off well in that particular encounter. She thinks I'm a man. She thinks you're, I don't know, 60 70. <laughs> and you know what happened? If I had been there, they would have been like, ma'am, you should sit down if you're expecting. Because I get that shit all the time. So I'd love to be called a boy. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'd love to be so lean that they're like, look at that strapping young lad. <laughs> not, ma'am, sit down. Is your water about to break? <laughs> I always used to get people always used to think I was pregnant which I really loved because living in London I used to get loads of seats on the tube seats on the tube yeah you got to the point where did you buy a badge Maureen fuck work it right no 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 I'd be incredibly polite I'd go, oh, th thank you so much and, and actually sometimes I'd stick my stomach out even more so it made it more obvious when you were in a real good book that was when you were when you were in a real good book, the belly came yeah. out. I need to Let's sit. be honest; it wouldn't matter to Maureen if it was good or a bad book, as we've already. In fact, if anything, the more annoying the book is, the more likely she is to just stay on the tube for twelve hours. <laughs> and you see those people just going up and down the tube. You think, oh, they've probably got nowhere else to be. No, that's Maureen really struggling through a bit of fiction there. <laughs> Anyway, look, we've started the podcast. I don't know how we've started it. As always, it's shambolic. Love it. But at least we've started it because this is our second attempt, isn't it, ladies, to start this at podcast? this one, yes. <laughs> Do you want to explain what happened, Brista, last time we tried to meet up? I would love it if you explain, Jen, please. Okay, so we normally record this podcast in the evening because we're all very busy women. This was Friday night. We were going to be recording the podcast. And suffice to say, we logged on and everyone could hear me, but I couldn't hear them. And we spent about 35 minutes. I can't hear you, can I? But you can hear me. Clearly. Clearly could hear you being frustrated. <laughs> I'm logging off. I'm doing that classic thing that we all do. We go, right, it's not working. What can we do? Switch off your computer. Switch it back on again. Log out of clean feed. Log back in again. Log out of Zoom. Log back in again. Log into another computer. Couldn't get it to work. Then I log back in. I'm like, guys, I just think we need to sack this off. It's just not working. Let's call it a day. And uh, then I see a little microphone on my browser. And I think, oh, what's that microphone? And I click on it and it says, do you wish to continue to mute clean feed? And I thought, oh, dear. <laughs> and then we just run out of time, hadn't we? <laughs> Everyone's like, I don't even want to record it now because you've annoyed me so much. <laughs> 
I was actually up for this podcast. In fact, because we haven't seen each other for a couple of weeks, everyone's like, I'm really looking forward to recording this podcast, Jen. We haven't seen each other for ages. And then by the end of it, people are like, oh, just fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I beg to differ because when we left, Maureen's face, I'd never seen her happier because she's like, it wasn't me. So actually, I think you made Maureen's day by doing that. I'm so glad that was you and not me, Jen. I would never have heard the end of it. Oh, well, Okay. <laughs> I'm going to close my internet. Don't close my internet. <laughs> I'm at my email. Maureen switches it off at the wall. Oh, I haven't put any makeup on. Oh, for fuck's sake, Maureen, it's a podcast. Get a grip. We might have to push your boundaries out of it, okay? <laughs> Alison, that's a good segue into the Be More Maureen moment because... I'm actually handing over Be More Mooring to Jen this week because she out Be More Mooring'd me. Alison does not know this story. No. You're going to love this story. Jen, do you want to do the Be More Mooring moment for this week? I can't believe that I'm doing a Be More Mooring. <laughs> it, it goes against everything that we've set up in this podcast so far, okay? that we should... Technically, this is your second one in this episode, if we really... <laughs> <laughs> You're outing me. You're doing a good one, Jen. So I can't wait to hear this one. <laughs> So I'm doing a car park gig that actually Leanne has uh, organised and promoted. Anyway, so it's about 10 o'clock at night. It's really dark. Leanne and I have been just chit-chatting away. Mark Watson, who's hosting, comes over and goes, Jen, you're going to go on in about five minutes. I'm going to go on. I'll do five minutes to introduce you. I was like, oh, OK. Have I got time to go to the toilet? Yeah, you've got time. Fine. Right. Now, of course, we're in a car park, so there aren't any toilets per se, but there is a portaloo. So I think, oh, that's fine. I've, I've already used it. It's something I'm very au fait with. I wander into the portaloo. It's pitch black because, of course, we're in a car park. It's 10 o'clock at night. There's no lights in a portaloo. Oh, no. But it doesn't matter. I'm a 45-year-old woman. I've urinated in the dark before. This isn't something new for me. So there I am. Pull down my trousers. Squat over the... Uh, toilet seat because of course I don't want to sit down because I can't see what's below I'm like well you know and it's all boys so we know how accurate at weeing they are so I'm hovering over the toilet obviously I do what I'm there to do which is a wee and uh, I could just feel like some splashing going into my underwear and into my trousers and I'm like oh this is a I must need to sort of edge back a bit because I'm I'm clearly too far forward. So I thought I just sort of edge back so I push my behind back and then I sort of go right full flow time. And basically what happens is the urine <laughs> cascades directly into my trousers and my pants. <laughs> but it takes a little while for me to realise what's going on. I'm like, oh, hang on, hang on a second. Wait, what? Everything's really wet. <laughs> so I stop mid-flow, which, uh, which is a testament to my pelvic floor. Oh, that's well a good sign. Yeah, absolutely. Go Kegels. I, I, I tell you what, if nothing else, I've learned that my pelvic floor isn't as bad as I thought it was. And I, I think, right, OK, this is terrible. I've, I've got to go on stage. And, and I go to pull up my pants and my trousers and they are soaking wet. Oh, God. And um, I'm wearing these green trousers that are, I can't really explain the fabric. It's very thin and, and kind of shiny. So it's no way you can't see that I've pissed myself. <laughs> Oh, my God. So, But what had happened was, the reason why you're thinking, wow, Jen, you need a bit of help there. What I hadn't realised while I was urinating uh, is that the toilet seat was down. <laughs> so I was just pissing directly onto a seat and it was just going <laughs> straight into my trousers. But anyway, I know I've got to go on stage in about a minute. So I duck my head outside. I'm like, Leanne, I've got some shorts in my bag. Could you grab them for me? <laughs> so Leanne has to go and get my shorts. 
hands them to me in the portal. I'm like scrambling around. My pants are still covered in piss. Pull up my shorts <laughs> and then run out to the stage with um, urine-soaked legs. But do you know what? I Thank God you had shorts. Like, I thought you were about to tell me you went on in Leanne's trousers. I was like, <laughs> what happened? Well, basically, I never have a spare pair of clothes ever, but because it was really hot, it'd been so hot. When I'm driving, I get really sweaty knees. I don't know if anyone else gets that. Mm -hmm. So I, I was wearing shorts in the car and then I would wear my trousers on stage. But do you know what? Actually, the shorts, if, if anything, I looked amazing in the shorts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're like, oh my God, that young lad looks amazing in those shorts. That boy was really good at the end. I don't know who he was, but... <laughs> With his glistening legs. With his shiny, glistening, <laughs> black, hairy legs. He... <laughs> oh, honestly. And, of course, it was bad anyway if you piss into your own trousers in a public place. That's... You never... <laughs> no matter what the reasoning. <laughs> no matter where you are or what situation you're in, that's never a moment you go, oh, I'm very pleased that that happened. Um... It's more that I knew that Mark was going to go and I could hear him wrapping up as well. So anyway, we're going to be bringing it on and, and I'm like... <laughs> I've had literal nightmares like that where I'm like, I'm still getting dressed while I'm running onto the stage. Like that just happened to you, Jen. It's a testament <gasps> to Leanne because, my God, she moved quick. She was like, yeah, got it. Threw them in. I was like, bah, 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 bah. and then out. And then on stage, and then, uh, it was average. Um, so, because I have sat down on loose seats, but then obviously, because I sit down, I, something's wrong. But I haven't never gone the full Monty like Jen. What was I going to do? Sit down on a toilet seat where I couldn't see what was below me? Of course not. I was going to urinate onto a toilet that wasn't open. That's what any one of us would have done, apart from Maureen. <laughs> I don't like porter cabins. I, I well, nobody does. But when you've got to go, you've got to go, haven't you? You can't. I, see, the thing is, I'm a halfer because I'd like to say I have upper leg strength to squat and pee at the same time. But it's like my body is like you're doing one or the other. So make your choice. So what I do is I do a cheat. So I like squat, but I sit on the very edge, uh -huh. the front part of the toilet. So I'm just like kind of balancing because the thing that agitates me with hoverers, if I can just bring this up. Sure. Hoverers. I'm so glad that you're bummed cannot go on the seat. That's great. Please wipe your mess after you're done because hoverers. Oh, 100%. Oh, I'm with or you. Or they leave the toilet paper, diaper. Come on. And they stuff it down the toilet and then the toilet's blocked. They don't even stuff it down the toilet. I hate walking in and seeing like, okay, I appreciate you did the toilet paper diaper thing. That's fine. You don't want to put your ass on the seat, but like flush it. Don't leave me to do it now. Like, ooh. can I, can I just, in my defense, because I feel you know, that I need to defend as a hoverer. Yeah. Um, I always, if there's any splashback, I'm there, I clean it up. Well you done. know, because listen, yeah. we can't always be accurate, can we? You know, one stray pube and we're all over the place. <laughs> so I'm very conscientious. I would never leave a mess for another woman to deal with my mess. That is cruddy. That's gross. Absolutely not. That is bad That's form. bad. That's yeah, not yeah, sisterhood. Yeah, yeah. Total. And do you know what I also resent? Uh, and I, I think I've talked about this. Has this got your goat, Jen? This is... <laughs> <laughs> actually, this has got my goat. I was talking to um, a fellow parent, a father, actually, and he was saying that he has a son and a daughter, and he said, you know what I find really annoying about when she has to pee is that the way your bits work is that they're badly made. Because when she wheezes, I lift her up. I never know where it's going to go. You're not built properly. And I was like, okay, I'm going to stop you right there. I'm just going to stop you right there. And I'm going to say this. 
How is it that as women, even though we are not built in adverted commas correctly, how is it that when we go to the toilet, there is no urine anywhere? But when you guys go, it's on the ceiling, it's on the walls, it's on that book that I like to leave at the side of the toilet. It's now covered in your piss. How is it even then that you can direct it, that it's still like, you know, sprays everywhere? It's on the neighbour's welcome mat. Like, how yeah. the hell does this... <laughs> how did it... How did it get over there? You've knocked out someone's grandma with a stream. Like, what is going on? But we're not built right. Yeah. Yeah, right. You're like, you know, water cannoning is illegal in this country. <laughs> Tell your dick that, okay? Because it's just going everywhere. And your nana needs a ride back. <laughs> Go to the gym. Get it together. Pay your taxes and stop eating crisps. Take my advice. I ain't using it. I think it's time to ask Alison, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, we can ask Alison. Every week I come and I just kind of summarize problems. I haven't been reading out word for word people's writings because I like to keep it general because we're looking to get as many people involved. So someone wrote in, and this is a good one. Someone recently has had an issue with their neighbor stealing their cat. Now... By stealing their cat, I mean luring the cat in with, like, tuna, expensive fish. Uh, she has confronted the neighbors and asked them to stop doing it, and the neighbors have said they will not stop. The cat is free to roam, and they will leave food out for the cat as the cat would like. Yeah. So she's like, I don't know what to do. Do I involve the police? Do I make it an indoor cat? What's going on? So when I read this problem, first off, I was like, this is insane. Looked into it, ladies. 70% of all missing cats in the UK is because of what they call cat seduction. What? Cat seduction. This is a thing. This is, a thing. This is an issue. It's an actual technical term cat seduction. <laughs> I'm sure there's another niche market out there that also likes cat seduction, but we're not talking about that. So. <laughs> I was amazed by this. I mean, have you guys ever heard of this? Do you know what? I used to feed my neighbours cats because they were starving. So I would feed them. I mean, Jen saw them. Well, yours wasn't cat seduction. Yours was keeping two cats alive. Yeah. That's different. Yes. But I do know of people that feed other people's cats. I mean, I remember one cat that we had when we were a kid um, just disappeared. And we're pretty sure it just went to someone else's house. And... A different family. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And just was like, fuck you guys. This is better here. There's not four children screaming all the time. So bye-bye. That's exactly it. I'm sure your parents were like, oh, we missed the cat. Oh, well, goodbye. Bye, cat. There yeah. you go. They're like, oh, see ya. Yeah, so I was blown away. So first things first, she talked to the neighbors. That's always going to be your first step, right? Go chat with the person who's doing this. And I have to say kudos to her because I'm very impressed that she actually went and spoke to the neighbors. I know some people might be afraid to confront. This is my suggestion, right? If you don't want to talk directly, write something down. See how they respond. Uh, her neighbors have refused. So situation like this, I would say reapproach the neighbors. A few white lies aren't going to hurt at this point. You could say that your cat has medical conditions and must only be eaten certain types of food. And if they are feeding it, this could be making them sick. So you could say that. You could also explain that your family is emotionally distraught. If you have children, the kids miss them. If you don't, guess what? You have children. <laughs> 
<laughs> right? Kids are upset. You're upset. It's a great deal of emotional stress they're causing. Okay? If these people don't turn over the cat now, for they're monsters. They don't care, let's say. Hopefully they do. But if they don't, here are the steps. First off, if you are an owner of a cat and you have not had it microchipped, you have no claim. You've got to get your cat microchip because that's the way it proves that you are the official owner. Okay? Because they can take off a collar. Two, although I said you could take off a collar, get a collar that says special diet or medical concern on the collar. So that should help. Uh, if they still keep doing it, when you get the next vet bill, you go over and discuss if they really want to take care of the cat. Why don't we split the vet that's bills? what yep. I would do. I would make up a vet bill and go, dude, you bet. You want the cat, you pay the vet bill. Here okay? we go. Yeah. You want to share the cat? Great. Let's split it. Like, what are we doing here? But vet bill, you bet. Take it to them. Number four, get a collar with a GPS and you track where that cat is going. And every time that cat goes to the neighbor's house, you knock on the door. If you can get their phone number, you call. I'm telling you, your neighbors are going to get pretty sick of you showing up seven times a day at their house. Yeah. Nonstop, right? It's a little aggressive, but that's what I would do. I love aggressive. If GPS doesn't work, there is in the UK, and they are the only ones in the UK, a couple called the Pet Detectives. And they will track your cat without your neighbors knowing and prove that the cat is going there and that they are feeding the cat. From that step, they can help to guide you legally into what steps will be taken next. Oh, take the cat. That's what I say. I'm not that bothered. Come on. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Take it. Last resort. <laughs> Give them the cat. <laughs> right? Like, this is the last resort. Do they want the cat that bad? If they are so into the cat, but if you love that cat and you don't want to let it go, okay? If you're adamant about the cat not going, if all these things don't work, your last resort then is, is you do make it into an indoor cat now. Some people are like, oh, that's so cruel. Okay, yes. But there are these wonderful things now in the world called catios. And you can build an extension for your cat. And some people say they like it also because it keeps it safe from foxes. It keeps it safe from other animals that might be out there. Catio. My neighbor's got one, got a massive one in their back garden because she's got four cats. It's really impressive, actually. The cats stay there all day. Yeah. Yes, I'll just find an extra couple of grand <laughs> for a catio. Well, that's what I mean. Where are you at? Like, some people are that committed to the cat. I'm at, I don't want a pet. That's where I'm at now. I don't want a pet. And I'm okay with that. It's a lot of work. Yeah, that just feels painful. But, Alison, for those people who obviously you love your pets, your pet, this is great advice. And anything where you are knocking on someone's door seven times a day Continuously. Uh, to annoy them, I'm so behind that. That's the kind of behavior that I, that I support. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And always smiling. I would do that. That would be my passive-aggressive joy. Yeah. Oh, hi, yeah. it's me again. Always pleasant. Is my cat here? I just, I think I saw him pop in. I'm pretty sure he's here. <laughs> yeah. Just see the door slam in my face. Uh, hello. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally down with that. Alison, amazing advice, as always. The whole point of take my advice, I ain't using it, is that I, I like to share problems because I think sometimes other people can give great advice. We can't always see the answer when we're in the situation. So listeners, if you think you've got some solutions to any problems that we have uh, come across so far, I encourage you to please write it in. And we'll try to share it at some point. Uh, write into... It's... Uh... Women talking bollocks at gmail.com. Yeah. And look, you might be like, oh, it's a problem. It's not really. I don't, I feel like a bit of an idiot sort of like writing in. Don't. Please don't. don't. This is the perfect opportunity. Is it a big deal? We'll tell you. And Alison, 
has been proven six times in a row. Huh? Yeah. She can solve it. I try. Ask Allison. I like it. I love these problems. Keep them coming. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. What is the show called? Oh, yeah, I've got it. We've been talking bollocks. Yeah. Okay. Is everyone happy with that? Maureen, what have you been watching on television? Oh, I've been watching Alta Mar, which is a preposterous Spanish TV series. It gets more preposterous in every season. If you want to see something totally ludicrous and unbelievable, that's a good one. But I've also been watching The Sweeney. Do you remember The Sweeney? Yes, of course I remember The Sweeney. Dear God. Alison, you won't know what it was. No. It was in 70s TV. It was the first time the police were shown in a realistic manner. It was a massive success over here and people were really shocked. Well, not that realistic. For the time, that is a realistic portrayal of the police because up to then you're Dixon or Doc Green. So it was like the police, they smoked, they drank, beat people up, bit dodgy. It's a fantastic series, the best TV series from the 70s. I'm on season two already now. Does it stand the test? of times when you watch it now you're like it's still um no <laughs> no because you have people smoking in the office it's hilarious all smoking in the office sure the portrayal of gay people leaves a lot to be desired gay oh. men are always camp oh. gay women i don't think exist no so it's you know it's, it's are there any women coppers only as secretaries <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That probably reflects the reality of the time. That's how people thought <laughs> in the 70s. So you've yeah. got to take that bit yeah. with a pinch of salt. But it also makes you realise how homophobic and how anti-Scottish or anti-Irish people were in those days. 
black people don't seem to f seem to appear at all, which is amazing because it's set in London. So it, it does give you an idea of what TV was like, but at the same time, it is still good TV. It's uh, storylines, they still hold up. So if you want a misogynistic, racist, homophobic show from the 70s, <laughs> tune into The Sweeney. Uh, Maureen's on season two. Can't wait to hear what happens in season three. Um, absolute joy. Yeah, you've got to contextualise all of these programmes, but I'm not surprised that you're watching something as niche as that, Maureen. And um, I'm going to say, I don't know how many people are going to take you off on that offer to find out about The Sweeney, but there may be a few people that are like, I want to know about this sex pot Dennis Waterman, and they'll be tuning in. Um... <laughs> I did also watch Mrs. America, which was brilliant. Oh, you did? Oh, that is brilliant, isn't it? It's really, really good. Yeah. Well, I've been watching Harlots. Uh, it came out in 2017, and I didn't see it, but it's actually on iPlayer now. And I'm really enjoying it. It's set in the 18th century, um, two separate brothels who are being rivaled. So basically, it opens by saying that one in five women in the 18th century made a living through sex, wow. either selling sex, selling their own bodies. That's one in five women. Yeah. So it, it focuses on these two brothels, one that is headed up by Leslie Manville, one that's headed up by Samantha Morton. And it's just, I didn't think I was going to enjoy it because Chloe wanted to watch it. I was like, oh, I don't think I want to watch this. And I've just got, it's kind of part like brilliant drama and it's got that sort of soapy feel to it, which I'm really enjoying it. Check it out. I've really liked it. And I think, Maureen, you'd enjoy it. I love brothel stuff. To me, it fascinates me, the the idea. That's why I liked Deadwood, the series, so much, because it was so... I much... love Deadwood! Maureen, oh my God. have you ever watched Deadwood? Sorry to change it. No. Oh, my God. That is one of my favourite shows of all time. Maureen, I think you would really enjoy Deadwood because it's kind of like the way it's written. It's like Shakespeare. Shakespeare, but with the worst language. But it's so beautifully written. There's soliloquies in it, aren't there? Yeah, so many monologues, soliloquies. Like, it's Shakespeare oh. set in, like, the Western times. It's in a brothel. It's like the Wild West, a small town. Maureen, I think you'd maybe like it. I really think you'd like it, Maureen. It's possibly one of the best TV shows I've ever seen. The writing is incredible. The acting is outstanding. And oh, acting is phenomenal. Um, what's his name? The guy that plays the... Oh, the lead guy, yeah. I think I know who you mean. He's a British actor, isn't he? Yeah, he played... Um... Lovejoy. You love joy. Yeah, I've watched it and I know. <laughs> God, we're terrible. This is the menopause. Uh, <laughs> we're great TV reviews. It stars... Um, it stars and it's anyway, got... And it's weird. He's a bloke. <laughs> <laughs> Ian McShane. Ian McShane. Ian McShane. Yeah, and also Timothy... Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, Timothy Oliphant, who is wonderful in it. Yeah. Oh, my God. I sometimes get annoyed, though, when they show prostitutes or, or brothels it's because they seem to imply that, basically, it's a great job, um, you know. Oh, no, this doesn't. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. Oh, no, it's not no, like no, Happy no, Fun no. Times. That's why I liked it so much. Absolutely not. And neither does it in Harlots. In fact, it, you know, you watch these programmes and you're like, I could be celibate for the rest of my life. This is the most repugnant sex if you've ever seen. Women had no power. So, like, if you were a married woman, you didn't have access to your money, you didn't have access to your own children. You know, if you were working class and you were a servant and you were chucked out without any references, you had no work. So you didn't have really much choices in those days. Well, in, in these, both in Harlots and in Deadwood, what it basically highlights is that women have no agency at all. Like, none. Like, men have all of the power, they have all of the agency, and they have all of the control over their own destiny and lives. And women are totally beholden to a man, whether it be through, you know, being sold off through marriage or having to sell your body in order just to keep yourself afloat. And the only way that any of these women have any uh, power is to get money. That's it. 
What's a really good play is Mrs. Warren's Profession by George Bernard Shaw, which caused a sensation when it was written. Because basically it's about a woman who's a prostitute. His argument was is you can only have principles if you can afford them. So, you know, if you're working in a factory getting slave wages and you're being disfigured in a matchstick factory, why not become a prostitute? Yeah. You know, it's, you'll make more money and you won't be disfigured and you've got better options. And, of course, when that came out, you can imagine the, the furore that caused in England at the time. But, you know, he was right. You can have principles as long as you can afford them. Exactly. Exactly. And there's a lot of that sort of very puritanical opinions about women who um, are being forced into these uh, situations, these jobs that, you know, you saw very well sitting in judgment of them. But ultimately, if when you have no choice, that could be that. That's it. The attitude to women, like Pamela was like probably one of the first British novels written in the 18th century. And in that, the hero, in inverted commas, tries to rape this. I think she's a maidservant. But in the end, she marries him. And everybody thought that was a great ending. Ift. Well, I mean, I feel like that about Jane Eyre and Mr Rochester. I just think, come on, he's an abusive coercive prick and we're all like oh Mr Rochester I really hope I meet a guy that tries to manipulate and abuse me (laughs) that would make me so so happy yeah sure go for it love do you know what I'm gonna go 180 degrees lesbot bye (laughs) (laughs) many a girl has been turned and then they turn back briefly with Mr Darcy and then they go away again (laughs) well Mr Darcy's a prick as well I mean they're all pricks aren't they Uh, and we as women are supposed to like but we can change him I don't want to change him Um, uh, Alison let's segue into horror stories my horror story well so I always try to kind of relate my horror movie to the uh, topic which was cats so uh, Maureen is it cats you recommended a great horror yes cats the best horror movie you can see is cats starring James Gordon (laughs) Judi Dench the most terrifying cat movie you'll see Uh, number two I do have a classic I want to recommend to some people My horror pick of the week can be found on Amazon Prime, and it is the original Pet Cemetery. Oh, I love that Pet Cemetery. Yeah. The original. The new one? I don't know. I just, I get angry with the remakes of some of these movies. There was nothing wrong with the original Pet Cemetery. I think it is still more scary. It is a stronger storyline. Original Pet Cemetery. That is a horror movie. You could probably watch it with the kids. Actually, yeah. it's it's. I think it's a little. No, you don't. Think they so? get upset in Paw Patrol, so there's no time for them to. Watch well, it. not your kids. No, I'm like you know what, ten, eleven. Can you start watching scary? I don't know. I mean, this is why I could never be a parent. I'd be like, what's wrong with Nightmare on Elm Street? I show it to my kid, and uh, <laughs> they don't sleep. I don't know what their problem is. <laughs> no, I don't think it's uh, appropriate for children. But it's not as gory. I think there's one scene with a scalpel which is quite upsetting, or a knife on the back of an ankle. Anyway, whatever. The point is, I've seen it and I enjoyed it. And uh, But also, the main crux of that story is really about grief. And, yeah, dealing with grief. and It's about dealing with the loss of a child, and that's what Pet Cemetery is ultimately about, and the desperation that parents go to to bring their child back. Mm -hmm. And And then there's zombie animals, so that's what makes it awesome. And then there's zombie animals. There's very much two parts to that movie. Mm -hmm. Can I ask another question, another horror movie question? Please from a horror movie aficionado. Um, it, the original mm-hmm. It, and now we have the new It. Mm-hmm. Now, I haven't seen the new It, but I remember watching the original It, and it was pretty damn creepy until the end bit. The ending, I was just going to say that. It 
was amazing till the end. Oh, giant spider, blah, 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 blah. Well, Tim Curry is the clown. The whole way through is like Ugh. absolutely just terrifying. And then at the end, there's this giant spider. You're like, I was really scared for three quarters of the movie. And now I'm like laughing. Yeah. The first movie is flawed, but I still think it stands up as being a good horror film. What about the new one? I haven't seen it. I still think Tim Curry, but Tim Curry to me is such a brilliant, scary actor, you know, like... It's the eyes. Ah. So to me, the original It, I still think it's scarier than the new It. That bit in the in the gutter. I mean, like the kids walking yes. on the pavement and the, he's just there in the... It's terrifying. The, but see, I like originals because I think they rely or they were based more on uh, suspense and the whole what you don't see or what is going to happen, whereas horrors and scary things now are like, here's a gross visual. Here's something terrifying. It's so spoon-fed to us that I believe the older versions of things were a little bit better because in our imagination we can create the scary they just gave us a little bit more to use our brains yeah I don't like seeing it I remember watching it when I was a teenager around my friend's house yeah and we watched it late at night and uh, they had in their house because they had quite a big house something called like a little snug which is where they had a TV and a sofa but there was nothing else really around but there was a stairs behind it that went upstairs right and I remember we're watching it we got to the end and her brother had been watching us watching it, trying to scare the crap out of us. We were like, oh, we're too scared, leave us alone. And then, anyway, we go to bed. I'm sleeping on Julia's floor. And she has this, someone had given her years ago a clown, like a toy clown. She's like um, throwing this clown at me while we're trying to sleep. And I'm like, get the clown away from me. Like, I'd be just about to go to sleep and then the clown would be on my face. And I'd be like, get the clown away from me. Oh. Basically, I got so scared of this clown that I threw the clown out of the bedroom. Anyway... <laughs> Go to sleep, wake up the next morning, and the clown is here, <laughs> right next to my face. I went, Julia, how could you do that? She went, I didn't do it. I swear to God. I, she goes, I went to sleep. I didn't do that. So I think her brother came in the middle of the night and just shoved the clown next to my face. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. That's what I remember about that movie. <laughs> Now it's going to be Maureen's cultural caller. Uh -huh. I haven't started it, Maureen. We... Hello. I'm going to start that again. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Maureen Younger's cultural caller. Is that okay? Yeah, go go for it. <laughs> Guys, this time we're going cinéma la française. We're going French movies. Obviously, there's loads to choose from. I'm going to go through five. Obviously. Of them. <laughs> French of my movies is a new thing for we'll just me. Just go through five, otherwise it's going to be a very long podcast. The first one is called Le Bossu in French, or En Garde, is the English title, and it's a French swashbuckler. So think of Errol Flynn, but set in France at the turn of the 18th century. Being French, of course, there's some nudity, a dodgy love story, but they get away with it because obviously they're French. It's got a likeable hero, an insidious villain, a spunky heroine, lots of great sword fighting sequences, and just as put right. And most importantly of all, the little man, played by Daniel Toy, one of France's greatest actors, he fights on against the odds. So if you just want a bit of entertainment, recommend Le Bossu. Yeah. Um, the next one you might like, because it's got a lot of blood and gore in it, Alison, it's called La Reine Margot, or Queen Margot. Oh, I'm just about to recommend La Reine Margot. That's one of my favourite movies. Have you seen yes, it? Yes, I loved it. So it's a lot of the main actors who were big in the 90s are in it. Um, Daniel Toy again, Jean-Hugues Anglade, uh, Vincent Perez, and Isabella Gianni. And it's set in the late 60s 
19th century against the Bartholomew Day massacres. And Margot is like any royal princess. She's being forced to marry someone she doesn't love. Yeah. The film basically um, shows you the power play between members of the royal family, how religion is used as a construct to gain and retain power. So if you like a snapshot of history, Vincent Perez and Isabella Gianni in their prime, Pierrot drama, intrigue. This is a film for you. It's a great movie, isn't it? I, I really enjoyed it. I loved it. I think also watching it on the big screen was... was... Yeah, just the way it's filmed is brilliant. Now, the next one is Danton, which is based during the reign of terror, during the revolution. It stars Gérard Depardieu at his best. I mean, he's absolutely brilliant in this. And Danton is a French revolutionary. He's going head to head, literally, with Robespierre. It's like a Shakespearean character who's who's kind of brought down with his own hubris. And it's, it's a really great film. It basically looks behind the machinations behind political show trials and the danger of being a slave to ideals while forgetting the most vital qualities humanity, which is quite relevant now with our Tory government. And I saw at uni, everybody was coming out discussing the, you know, the, the ramifications and what was going on in Eastern Europe. And me and Claire just talked about how sexy the men were. So we, oh, yeah, we sure. missed the political aspects completely. <laughs> <laughs> Another one is Tiré sur le pianiste. So this is a good introduction to French New Wave with Charles Aznavour. And it, it's kind of a pastiche of gangster movies and um, film noir. So like at the beginning, you see a guy running away being chased and then he runs into a lamppost and then he starts talking about marriage it's very French it's funny it's moving it's touching it's really rather sad ending which makes it heartfelt I suppose and true to life and the last film I'm going to decide is Au Revoir les Enfants by Louis Mal. This one is set in 1944. Um, obviously, the French are being occupied by the Germans, and three kids come to a boarding school, French Catholic boarding school, and it's all about childhood, the loss of innocence. I, I think I have seen it. Yeah, and it's a great story about how you know, like when you're a kid, you read all these books about heroes and stuff, but in real life, life isn't as black and white. There's a lot of grey, and also it's about collaboration and how great evil can be caused by just something of petty scores so people collaborate for different reasons um not necessarily because they're evil and it's a it is about the loss of innocence and i would say that if you're not crying by the end of the movie because it's all based on real story it is about the loss of innocence and i would say that if you're not crying by the end of the movie because it's all based on real stories from the director's life it's just it's just heartbreaking so those are five films and what i'll do is uh, if you go to moreandyounger.com i'll put it on there and there are some more in-depth analysis but don't read those until you've watched the movie because Basic spoiler go go with my analysis. Spoiler alert. But what do you think? Anything appeals to you, Alison? Uh, I'm going to look into the Lorraine Margot one. Lorraine Margot? How do I say it? Correctly? Lorraine Margot. Lorraine Margot. It's really, it's really, really good movie. Lorraine Margot. Well, Maureen, that's great. Thank you very much for those. Those are brilliant. I obviously only knew one of them, but I'm delighted to know that two of them are desperately sad. Uh, <laughs> in the times of COVID and the pandemic and feeling very alone, depressed and anxious, that seems like the two I should definitely tap into. Tucking in. Tucking in. <laughs> um, what have I got for you? What's got my goat? All right, I'll tell you what gets my goat. I get my goat. I am absolutely useless. I, I, I've got Chloe's um, family staying at the moment and uh, a couple of times Chloe's mum said, Jen, can you let me know where such and such is, where the screws are for, or do you know where the curtain, little curtain rail, the, Jen, have you got any idea where the sellotape, would you, Jen, do you know, like if you put, could you put this shelf up? I'm like, I don't, look, when the kids offer me a Kinder Egg, I'm like, kids, you're going to have to do that on your own. I can't help you, okay? This is not my wheelhouse. <laughs> I don't have it in me 
I had no practical skills whatsoever. And I'm utterly useless. I've literally spent most of the weekend realising that if I wasn't here, things would be easier around the house. Everyone would get on better. <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm bringing to the table. That's what I'm getting my own goat, guys. <laughs> I had to come upstairs just now. And they were like, oh, could you help me with that? Sorry, guys, I'm just about to record a podcast. They're like, oh, really useful. Really? There she is being useful again. Sitting in a room talking into the abyss. Thank God Brister's here. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway. Maureen, did you want to contradict me at any point? I think you were trying to, weren't you? <laughs> no, I was just going, this is one of the get you goats. I totally agree with yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been another one of those episodes, isn't it? It's just another episode. And we will obviously be back next week. I've very much enjoyed seeing your lovely faces. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed seeing mine. Absolutely. Okay, there yeah. was a there was a real gap there, actually, guys. Just to say, it really went on for a bit too long, a beat too long. Jen, I'm always pleased to see my son. <laughs> <laughs> Women talking bollocks. If you enjoyed today's episode, then why not subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, like us, leave a wonderful message saying much you enjoy our dulcet tones particularly mine and you can also follow us on facebook and on twitter it's wtv underscore podcast leave a nice comment if you didn't really enjoy the show then don't leave a comment just tell somebody you don't like very much to listen to the next one and then we all win Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.